The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix podcast. Tune in today. This is the spin-off podcast division and an emergency edition of Gone by Lunchtime. Kia ora tato. welcome to Gone by Lunchtime. Hi Ben Thomas. What a blur. Hi Annabelle Lee. Hi. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. Um, uh, Gareth Morgan, will mm. he stand in Epsom or not? Something like that, or or shall we talk about the change in leadership of the Labour Party? There's been a change in leadership. We have just seen Jacinda Ardern give her first press conference as the leader of the amazing, the leader of the Labour Party. What is it? Fifty three days to go before a general election. How how did she do in that? Press I conference? have to say, um, we have a saying in Maori. Um, mehete like a boss and I think that's how she handled her press conference today, it was very impressive. Mehete Ben Thomas? Yeah I thought it was a good press conference Um, all the kinds of things that people like about Jacinda approachable, likeable amicable and then showed a bit of steel I think when challenged Mm. especially by some of the older more male press gallery journalists I think it would be fair to say. Yeah Mm -hmm. there was a bit of put down there, there was a bit of kind of you know vague, we can hear sirens in the background outside our building, it's all going on someone is racing to get Andrew Little (laughs) The mooch is gone (laughs) Little's gone There is just, I mean I would just Everybody stay inside (laughs) until you get an update from Toby (laughs) This is the spin-off It's um it's on a personal level. It is kind of. It's impossible not to feel sorry for Andrew Little. I mean, he's a. He's a. He's a. It's a, without wanting to be patronising. He's a decent guy. He's a good guy. Um, it's a pretty rough way to end, right? It's a brutal, brutal game, isn't it? Politics, but uh, he died by his own hand. It wasn't like there was a big coup, or perhaps there was. Mm. But if the, if there was, we haven't heard about it. Um, he seems to have gone of his own volition, and well, he should. It reminded me of that scene from the beach where the two guys get attacked by the sharks, and at first everyone's really sympathetic, and then after a couple of days they get sick it. of the crying and wailing and dump them in the bush. <laughs> and I think um, he voluntarily left the hut before he got carried out and dumped in the bush. Simon Wilson wrote a piece for the spin-off yesterday after it came to light that Andrew Little had approached his senior MPs and discussed resigning with them. Uh, Wilson said that that was akin to standing standing out in the street, pouring petrol over himself and ho- holding a match and daring people to sort of light it. Um, I would say it's more akin to climbing 40 flights up to a window ledge 
covered in petrol, except the stairs aren't steps, they're bear traps. And then, like, flicking the match as he jumps, probably into a pit of barbed wire. I mean, eight weeks out from the election, to tell journalists that you've just been having a little confab because you're not too sure whether you can form a government or whether you should be the leader... Uh, is pretty unconscionable, and I, I don't. I, I don't think there were probably any real moves to depose him before mm. that media interview. I would just say mm. you can hear more um, of this sort of content in our forthcoming podcast, Ben Thomas's erotic dreams, <laughs> um, which we hope to to launch um, in the new year. Uh, let's. We're sort of jumping all over the place here because we're excited. Um, we're like the Labour Party. Uh, um, but let's let's we'll, we'll, we'll revisit that press conference. But let's leap back now to that moment just before the climbing up in Ben Thomas's weird fantasy towards the window with petrol. Um, and on Sunday night, this all began really on Sunday night with uh, Corin Dan on One News announcing poll results which showed Labour at I think it was 24%. Uh, and then Andrew Little turned up uh, of his own volition at, at TVNZ HQ to announce to TVNZ viewers and to the country that he had been discussing the leadership, whether he should stand down from the leadership with his senior colleagues, which was kind of amazing. He also said that there, w- there would be uh, a real credibility issue with him leading a coalition only on 24%, despite the fact that the Labour and Green number had actually increased by one point in that poll. Um, what was going on in his head then? Why would he? Why would he? Why, why would he do such a thing? He's guilty of being too honest, isn't he? I don't know. Was that? Did he think that was a demonstration of humility or authentic, honest leadership? I'm not sure, but he absolutely signed his own death warrant when he did that, and and no reasonable-minded person or leader um, should ever sabotage their, their party like that weeks out of an election. So he really had no choice but to go, in my mind, after he, um, he gave that interview. What did you, how did you see it, Ben? I mean, you, when we, that, that, that extended metaphor before um, goes to the idea that he was speaking presumably directly to voters who had jumped ship to the Greens and others. It's like, if this, you know, do you see what happens, Larry? Do you see what happens? You know, this is what happens. If, 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 you, if, if, if you do this, we're screwed and, uh, and I'm a goner. But on the other hand, maybe it was motivated because he knew that those questions were going to be forthcoming. Mm-hmm. Those questions were going to be, there's going to be an avalanche of leadership questions anyway. Let's front foot it. Let's be real, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm, I'm still uncertain. Yeah, so a few people have been putting around this idea that it was a calculated move to really impress upon left-wing voters that they needed a strong cornerstone Labour Party in order to be able to form a government in opposition to National after the election. Mm. Kind of getting away from this earlier idea that any, any way you get to 50 is fine and saying, you know, at 24% we couldn't credibly lead a government against a much bigger National Party opposition we've got to be higher, and that, of course, is influenced by the fact that their vote has steadily been slipping away on both ends, to both New Zealand first uh, in the centre, the the sort of 1950s centre, and the Greens on the left, you know, which was accelerated by the Matidia two-day benefit sort of uh, confession. Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of this, you know, too honest sort of thing... Andrew Little, for a long time, just like every uh, Labour Party leader for the last eight years, 
has been saying, well, the public's got to get to know me and, you know, confiding in the public that you are riddled with self-doubt <laughs> and self-sabotaging is perhaps not exactly the thing you wanted to front foot. It will be remembered as a kamikaze strategy, really, won't it? I mean, I mean, benefit of hindsight and all that, but... But at that point, presumably... Although aren't we given to understand that his MPs knew that he was that he was going to um, to run that line? I don't know. I mean, it, we can speculate, I suppose, but it may be that he knew that that was going to emerge. So <laughs> if, 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 if he was getting the strong sense that his colleagues were going to talk about it, and there has been obviously a bit more talk from uh, caucus members in the last few days after they managed so successfully to achieve discipline over the last couple mm. of years. If it was meant to guilt trip voters or, you know, um, threaten them into voting with him, it may go down in history as the worst political strategy ever. And so following uh, that on Sunday night, there was the, there was a morning report interview on Monday. Um, it was a hell of a Monday morning. Um in which he reiterated those points that sounded a bit at sea on the whole. Um, didn't sound especially like he wanted to be there. Uh, and then we had a leaked poll, a UMR poll, internal polling for the Labour Party, which showed Labour on, I think, 23% even, um, and uh, New Zealand first riding high. Then we had... On Monday evening, a News Hub poll, a read research poll for News Hub, which had Labour at 25? 24, 24 but down, um, down significantly. Uh, and just generally, that all came together and the phones would have been going crazy overnight. And then we had lots of, um, um, lo lo lots of various uh, punditry saying what was going to happen this morning. And we're speaking now on, what is it, Tuesday morning. And um, and Andrew Little was definitely going to resign or he was definitely not going to resign, blah, blah, blah. He got up at 10 o'clock this morning. Um, he appeared at 10 o'clock this morning at a press conference and announced that it was time for him, called time. Then what happened? Caucus and Jacinda Ardern and Calvin Davis elected unopposed as the new leadership team. Was mm -hmm. that the only option that was open to them? Do you reckon, Annabelle? Uh, in terms of the deputy leadership? In terms of the package as a whole. I mean, you know, there was some talk that, you know, Grant Robertson obviously mm. has tried a couple of times before. He's sort of in many ways the most seasoned uh, potential. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, in, it, interestingly, in, in the press conference, um, it was pointed out that um, Robertson had, in fact, nominated Davis yeah. for the deputy leadership. And Andrew Little had nominated Jacinda as well. And Andrew so. had nominated Jacinda. I, I think, um, obviously, as a Māori, this is a, a, a triumph for Māori to finally have a Māori in a leadership position within the Labour Party. So I think it's a good choice. But also I think it helps, uh, it will really be beneficial for the Labour Party candidates standing in the Māori seats because the narrative that um, the Māori Party had been running very effectively is that um, Māori, Party, uh, Māori MPs have no mana within Labour mm. and, um, and Andrew didn't help that narrative by continually cutting down ideas that were floated such as 
Māori prisons and so on and so forth. So I think to see Calvin elevated into a a leadership position is probably um, not helpful for the Māori party and probably a death blow for Hone Harawira in the north. Mm, mm. And even though Calvin Davis will now almost certainly have to go to number two on the list, I think, under the party rules, whereas at the moment he's not on the list at all, right? That's right. Because there was that slightly puzzling at the time decision made by all the incumbent um, Māori candidates, Labour Māori candidates and Māori seats not to go Mm. on the list. Just one more thing. Um, In the weekend, we obtained an internal Labour survey of the Waiariki electorate, Mm. um, which was shared with us probably because it showed that... um, uh, Tamati coffee was in one percent of um, of um, Te Ururo Flavel. But for me, what I thought was most interesting about that poll, and again, it was commissioned by Labour, is that it had Labour on about nineteen percent for the party, party vote, vote yeah. which is you know really not a good disaster look in zone. the disaster zone. And New Zealand First on twenty five percent in in Waiariki. Amazing, um, and the the. But the Māori Party have already issued a statement in quick time trying to chuck a fig leaf towards Labour, saying now that now a that there's the new leadership. fig leaf for olive branch. Um, can, we, can someone Google fig leaf versus is olive branch? Isn't that for covering fi- up your nudie bits? Yeah, a, a, fig, fig a fig leaf is kind of like a pretend, it's like a Trojan horse, oh, okay. which is probably, oh, sorry, which is probably mean, more apt no, in you're election right, year. No, I mean an olive branch then. A fig branch. A fig branch. A fig branch. Um, and, uh, but... But in a way, you're right. They'll be kind of they'll, they'll they'll be freaking out a bit because if Calvin Davis, who was seen speaking impressively in Rio during that press conference, can harness a lot of that energy, mm. then maybe maybe Labour could, as Willie Jackson was suggesting over the weekend anyway, could clean sweep those Māori seats. Well, really, Labour's only success story in the last election was um, taking back um, six of those. Māori seats, and then the the list that came out, you know, I think most Māori were disappointed by the um, lack of Māori in the top 15, so I think this is going to certainly be helpful um, in terms of winning back um, Labour support in the Māori seats. Yeah, I mean, this is the best combination they could have come up with by mm. quite a long way. When you look at sort of public appeal, Jacinda Ardern and uh, Kelvin Davis are like right at the top in terms of both name recognition and in terms of likability, which is what Little always struggled with. You know, as you were saying earlier, you know, Little Little is a great guy. You know, he's, he's got great integrity. Uh, he's a very smart operator. He really unified the caucus and that discipline, I think, came through in ha- in the way that this was handled publicly, mm, mm. where, in fact, it was actually, again, all of Little's own work that undermined him, um, not this kind of creaking, leaky caucus like it's been in the past. And in a way, his demise is a testament to his success. Right, so you're saying that, I mean, just briefly on that, because I was going to get to that, you, his legacy does have something... Uh, Something worth praising in it, you're suggesting, in terms of the, the, the discipline and in terms of the, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Little is an organiser and he organised that party. Mm. Um, what he couldn't do was break through with the public. And it took me a long time to realise that that wasn't going to happen. 
you know, as, as a kind of pundit, you know, you sort of think people, you know, the public will come around to my, my predictions. Um, and I thought, you know, people will realise he's a good guy who, you know, stands on, you know, stands on his word. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it just never happened. He just, he was sort of the opposite of John Key in terms of Teflon and that he just wouldn't stick to anything. Mm. Or I he wouldn't stick I'm to bef- everything. I don't, maybe he would. I mean, I don't want to get all fig leaf olive branch on you, but surely you, the point of Teflon is not to stick to things. No, at the, can we can we cut out my explanation of the metaphor? But it's going to be you, <laughs> don't you know, cut like this you, out. This is you, good. <laughs> this is good. You know, like you, you you know you throw stuff at the wall to see if it sticks, and if it all slides off, oh, that's, a, that's a failure. Okay. Like this metaphor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I think. Um, Save us, Annabelle. Um, before little, labour was seen to be undisciplined, in disarray. Um, you know everyone out for themselves and so I think you know his skill or appeal initially was that he seemed to bring order and some discipline to the party but New Zealanders don't like disciplinarians and that's how he perhaps came across um, during his tenure I think one of the the well, I would other, say Helen Clark, though, to you. I mean, she she she. But Helen Clark allowed. As a, she did, but Helen Clark allowed her other MPs to shine, and I think that's yeah. something that we that little failed to do. He has some very effective MPs, um, you know, Carmel Sepuloni. Um, she's a smart lady, a good communicator. Um, she has some really interesting. Um, stories that come through her electorate office that she's very good at bringing mm. attention to, like the, the the quadriplegic who was living in her van for three months over summer. Um, people like Grant Robertson, again Calvin, and it always felt like people would just get a little head of steam on a certain issue, mm. and then suddenly they'd get cut out of the media, and Andrew would be fronting and not necessarily very effectively. So I think. Um, that certainly didn't help him either because when you look at national you see depth and you see that there's some effective operators around them, um, people like Joyce and with Labour you haven't been able to see that and so when you have a a, a leader who's not very likeable you really need to draw on um, the skills of your other MPs and I don't think they did that very well. Um, to, to add to the point you make about the contrast with Little though, I mean, Jacinda Ardern did this morning or, the, or or this afternoon at lunchtime come across as pretty fluent, as pretty confident, as kind of funny. I mean, I felt like in that press conference there were more laughs than there have been in the last sort of three years. Of, she was of, of assertive Labour. and not defensive, yeah. and it was very effective, I thought. And she, you know, she cracked some jokes. Um, she described she, she herself called as out a little bit of. Um, underhanded sexism, Um, I thought she handled it very well. Ironically, um, Andrew's Little's um, um, stand-up today was probably the best one I've seen him do. I thought so too. Liberated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. finally free. Yeah. um, For the freedom of falling in space. The from the window after from going the window. with the petrol. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can't be comfortable. She said just into things like um, she's talking about being. She said, described herself as youth adjacent, you know, and got some laughs for that. And she kind of like you say, Annabelle. She knocked a few things back quite smartly, um, and yet, and one of this is one of the things that was put to her in the question. 
despite the fact that we can all be impressed by all of that and say, gosh, this is a breath of fresh air. Look, it's amazing they didn't do it before. There's no getting around the fact we are 20 minutes away from an election <laughs> and this party is in a terrible state that it has to completely jettison its leadership, potentially change its strategy with just over 50 days to go. Yesterday, uh, Stuart Nash, Labour MP, said if we did change the leadership, we would absolutely implode. It would be a disaster. Now, that was put to Jacinda today, and she said, I've talked to Stuart, and he's already told me that he's changed his mind, which is a very good answer to that question. But it is it is not a crazy sentiment that National was expressing yesterday. There's no, this can't, I mean, one good press conference does not a cohesive party make. No. But, but I wonder if they had a bob each way, because, I mean, they haven't completely jettisoned their leadership, have they? Because... Um, they've just promoted Jacinda and, they've, and Jacinda's all over the billboards as well. So you have to wonder if perhaps there was a bit of a bob each way in that regard. They're going to have to replace the billboards, obviously. They don't want ghost of Angela. Well, they superimpose Calvin's head Calvin's on head, top or right. were they just like... Just say, no, he's got a similar suit. Pull What's the whole the hoarding down or... I think, in all seriousness, I think they've got to have new hoardings, don't they? And they've got to get rid of that sort of flaccid, uh, what's the line, um, a fresh approach, you know, which sounds like a kind of... Well, they've adopted the fresh approach and it was getting rid of Andrew Little. <laughs> <laughs> so that's beyond... We're, yeah. we're at phase two of the billboards now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, the, the big what gun do you herself think? tweet, you know, that someone can go around pasting Kelvin's head over. You know, like they update like old statute books. Um, but, you know, they also have those, you know, those stickers that they always put on in the last week. Yes. You know, that say, you know, don't put it all at risk or remember to vote. They could just put those on now mm. on top of Andrew Little. Um, or more likely, they'll just put in a huge new order for Core Flute. <laughs> um, new slogan, Annabelle? Oh, no, Ben. A fresh, a fresh slogan? Um, coming at you like boom. I don't know. What what was the thing that a couple of people picked up live tweeting her? The oh, campaign of our up. lives. Arden up was the one campaign that I of saw. our lives. Yeah, yeah. harden up. Arden up. Arden up. <laughs> there you go. As, you go. As, as youth adjacent, you know, she's got to make people feel like they're part of a movement. She did say new generation. She did say that was one of the last things she said. New generation. Well, I think there's two things in, in terms of her age. Yeah, I mean, this is another generational shift. Yeah. Uh, moving from Helen Clark to John Key was a generational <laughs> shift in terms of leadership, um, in terms of our prime ministers. Bill English is the same generation as John Key. Jacinda must be about you know, significantly younger. But what was interesting today is that while she um, obviously embraced the fact that she could potentially um, mobilise a, a younger vote. She was also at pains to point out that young people don't just care about issues that affect themselves, um, that they care about um, issues that affect um, all New Zealanders and they care about the type of New Zealand that they'll be inheriting. So I think she managed that misconception that, you know, women in leadership often face, no matter what their age, that they're, you know, too young. I think she managed that quite smartly today. She does, um, has faced criticisms for being insubstantial from time to time, and it's sometimes difficult to um, disentangle those from those, exactly those criticisms you make. Would they be made of a, 
of a, of a male politician in the same way. And we've got to admit, there is something to the criticisms that are made of Jacinda. So the first one is that she, she, does, she lacks policy you know, rigour, um, and what's usually wheeled out as evidence for that is there was a cross-party group, Kevin Haig, Nikki Kay, and uh, Jacinda Ardern were working on um, same-sex adoption reform, um, to to draft legislation along those lines, Jacinda broke from the group and introduced her own members bill, um, which didn't actually have a bill in it. It just instructed the law commission to write new legislation. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure that delegating parliament's powers to Wayne Mapp is necessarily policy heft. Um, the other criticism that's made is that she hasn't landed a lot of blows on the government in eight, eight and a half, almost nine years of opposition now. I think that's probably also a fair comment. Um, she she didn't really get near Paula Bennett when she was in social development. She hasn't landed a lot of hits in justice either. She's not really a natural attack politician. I mean, there haven't been a lot of hits landed full stop by, by the opposition Labour Party, Calvin, Dov- Calvin Davis being a, a, a notable exception to that. I mean, the one thing yeah, I would I mean, say... If, if you look at a guy like, say, for, for instance, you know, some people might have thought Phil Twyford has been particularly effective mm. uh, with on the housing issue. And there was a sort of suggestion last night that... Um, you know, Phil Twyford might be in the mix, Grant Robertson might be in the mix. Um, and I'm no identity politics kind of um, advocate, but, you know, I think it is good that they've re- they've broken from this kind of clone army of indistinguishable sort of um, revolving door leaders um, that, you you know, that you can get confused about. Um, Goff, Shearer, Cunliffe, Little... Mm. Um, and it, and it is good to see a, a woman leading a major party and a Māori deputy leader. And someone who's, you know, been polling in the preferred PM numbers. I mean, if, 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 if she can scoop up, if she can scoop up uh, Little's numbers, she's on a sort of six-ish percent in the preferred prime minister. Little, Little has been on five-ish. If she zooms up to 11, and if they zoom up to what? I mean, what, is it, what would it take for us to suddenly go holy shit, this was a serious game changer, it's all on. I mean, if Labour were to zoom up to 27, 28, uh, Jacinda, to, then to, to 11 or 12 in the preferred Prime Minister's stakes, well, I mean, what? What, 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 will the, what, will the, what will success be measured on in the short term, do you reckon? Well, she can't do any worse than what they were... Heading towards, so you say I, that. I, well, <laughs> I, I highly doubt that 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 they could do worse. So I think any improvement improvement mm. will be better. But I also think, in terms of Labor's long term strategy, um, should she lose, and let's be honest, um, you know the polls haven't been great for Labor. I don't think you can just have another change of leadership. Mm. They have to be prepared to invest this time. I think with Andrew, it would have been very difficult to keep him on after the election Mm. if he had led them to failure. I think that that's probably something that um, Jacinda has in her favour, that, you know, potentially they could lose this one and that won't necessarily be a bad thing for her leadership. Mm. And then they have the next three years um, to to rebuild. Ben Thomas. I don't the, think the only can... question around that is 
the incredible reticence um, that Jacinda has publicly had Who's to up? being first deputy um, yeah. earlier in the year, saying yeah. that she had plans to start a family, so certainly didn't want the responsibility of being deputy. And then it was only a few weeks ago, I uh, gave quite a long interview to Next magazine about how anxious and worried politics made her and how she would never want to be prime minister. Um, she has adopted an extremely anti-lean-in approach to her political career, it's more which has worked a, incredibly well. But it's been more it so than far. just the typical "I'm very happy as the member of parliament for Mount Albert," hasn't it? I mean, I mean, it's it's. I mean, I've I've personally been persuaded that she genuinely wasn't gunning for that top job. Maybe I'm just naive, but I think too, like because of the way Labor's been, you know, such a a you know, Python pit in the last few years yeah. in terms of yeah. leadership and leadership ambitions, um, for her to come across as ambitious would have been bad for her and bad mm. for the Labour Party in general. So I don't know if perhaps she was overstating her lack of um, ambition, but obviously she's stepped up when it was thrust upon her. She also said, uh, yeah, well, very much thrust, sort of like, you know, those kind of ceremonial god kings who are kind of, you know, dressed in fine robes and then taken up to the top of a volcano or well, something. We're going back to the Ben Thomas's um, forthcoming podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Carry but, on. Uh, is everyone sort of greased up? And well, to- is it togas? Is it togas? <laughs> but um, what, I, what I mean is that it's, you know, I can't think of a more reluctant major party leader or yep. any party leader. Yep. Um, you know, even even this morning she was saying that she would not challenge for the leadership. Yep. She would take it if Andrew Little stepped down. And that's important, at least in cosmetic terms, isn't it, that she's not seen, she doesn't want to be seen wielding a knife. Mm. And, you know, and... and Especially uh, as a, air quotes, younger woman. Yeah. Because, you know, it's sort of frowned upon. Plays into all those things we are talking about before. Mm. Um, uh, but now that it, now that it has happened... It sort of seems like it. Of course, it had to happen in a way, you know. I mean, the, I mean, I mean to, to sort of state the dumb and obvious. Um, and I don't know. Could it? Could we? Could 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 we be? Just to finish, I'd be interested to know from both of you whether or not you think, in this crazy game of punditry, whether or not you think that this could turn things around. That the, the, is the is is it still on? And we've got all sorts of variables. We've got Winston Peters sitting there who may not be super enthusiastic to endorse a, a novice leader as Prime Minister. We've got the Greens still wanting to get their um, their share of all the oxygen, much of which they've grabbed. Um, can Jacinda Ardern, with Calvin Davis beside her, leading the Labour Party, get anywhere near winning? I think she has a far better chance... Then little did. If they can move on from this narrative of just collapse and disintegration fast enough, she will be a. And and if she can get up to speed, I mean, there there is a question mark around, you know, can she get across all the policies? Can she, you know, re- redirect the campaign? Because again, a you know a fresh approach won't work if it's just the same thing, but you've substituted mm. out um, mm. little for Davis. So they they do need to change their content. It gives them mm. a better shot. People people like Jacinda. People are willing to listen to Jacinda. Um, they'll give her a hearing. In terms of the other parties, 
I think this gives them a good shot at getting back the votes they obviously lost to the Greens over the last couple of weeks, uh, which is a very urban liberal, um, you know, concerned about child poverty, um, which is is essentially Jacinda's brand and has been mm. for the last eight years. Um, she ha- she has a real constituency and she's got crossover appeal. Um, Winston Peters, I would say that he would be much more delighted to work with an inexperienced mid-30s leader of a major party than he would with Bill English. Mm. <laughs> in, in terms of positional kind of strategy within a coalition. It'll be interesting to see if there's any policy changes. Do you think there will be? She said at least, and she said there was some, she wanted to add some of her own vision to the mix. I can't remember what the wording was precisely, mm. but but I think it, now's their opportunity to do that a bit, isn't it? To to slightly reconfigure the campaign strategy, not mm. in big policy shifts, because, I mean, you know, the direction of travel probably is seen as being all right, but presentationally maybe bringing forward some of the education, tertiary education stuff, I don't know. Labor needed emphasis, some policy emphasis. Hail Marys in yeah. any case. Yeah. So I, I think, and they probably hadn't decided what those would be. So And and look, the problem for Labor um, as of last week was that no one was talking about them. Um, and now they're being talked about. Indeed, entire podcasts are being devoted to them. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something. And, um, and uh, we'll do that again. We'll talk about that more. We'll talk about more policy um, when we uh, convene again soon. This has been Gone by Lunchtime. Um, uh, Give us a review on iTunes if you can. We'll um, share with you confectionery if we see you in the street. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.